0: Welcome ladies and gentlemen to the Match Fit Football podcast. I'm Darren and I'm here to host today's show. If there's anything that you need Match Fit Football wise, remember to check out Instagram, Facebook and YouTube at Match Fit Football. Today's guest, today's guest is a German international. He is a German player. He's played all the youth levels. Um, in Germany, he's played in the MLS. He's played in the Bundesliga, and he is currently with Vancouver Whitecaps. He is a defender. I think he can play in midfield as well. I'll let him tell you a little bit about that. It is the one and only. It is Florian Florian Youngworth Florian. Welcome to the podcast. I know you go by the nickname Flo, but we have to do it officially here on the podcast. So welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, man. Appreciate it um
0: been a great great couple of months for you since moving up to Vancouver you've obviously you've hit the ground running you're a fan favorite already um for being in BC place and watching you play I get the impression that you love playing football and you're passionate about playing football keeping clean sheets and even scoring the odd goal as you've done already for the yeah. Vancouver Whitecaps how's it been for you since you've moved up north of the border
1: uh yeah so far very good uh obviously when you uh make it do a transfer during the year it's always uh tough you know because you're like in between uh the team is already set up the system the, the tactics and also the characters in the team and the mentality so you don't really have a, a lot of time to to adapt and and i knew that it might might be a little difficult but for me it was like you know i, I have no time to pretend to be someone else to me so i was like either Either it works or, or it doesn't. I'm the way, the way I am, you know. And fortunately, uh, the team welcomed me really well. Um, yeah, the results were were pretty good so far. Uh, we are right there, just just one point uh, behind the playoff line. So, really good turnaround uh, what we have compared to the first part of the season. And yeah, I'm really. Really excited to be here, it's it's a fun and exciting time. It is a
0: fun, exciting time. And as we gear up for the last couple of games in the regular season, just before playoffs, you mentioned you've came in at such an important time in the season, a couple of five five games to go, if my math is correct. And three of those are at home in BC place. It's all guns blazing now for the playoffs. Yeah, six six games
1: actually. Six games, six. Matt little, a uh, little lacking, but it's fine. <laughs> no, but yeah, six games to go, three at home, and now obviously a big week with three games, uh, two on the road. I think that week could be like the, the groundwork, you know, for, for the playoff race because then we have two games two games at home and one game at LFC. So I think the goal should be after that three games being, being above the line and then bring it to the end.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely and this weekend Sunday we're playing at home sporting Kansas City is are the visitors to BC place you're ready to go on Sunday you're feeling fit and sharp
1: yeah very much uh obviously a tough opponent uh mm-hmm. but I think uh we've proven that since we returned to Canada that uh BC place is mm-hmm. is a fortress uh we just mm-hmm. lost on the rest the week. we won one in style and mm-hmm. we want to continue that that run and I think uh last week was obviously uh a tough result, and, but it, it didn't change really the character. I, I said last, last week already after the game, because even after the third goal, we still kept insisting uh, that good chances for the second goal. And yeah, yeah consider one more, but these things happen, and I think it's not a shame to lose at Seattle. But mm-hmm. I think uh, even though we made mistakes, the, the character and the, the attitude is there, mm-hmm. and I think that that will make the difference in the end
0: absolutely agree with you and um, 100 there uh whatever you made the transition from german football over to the mls and you ended up um you know playing at san jose earthquakes for a number of years and you were loved and you had a great period there and um, what was the major difference between the european football and the football here in the mls what What did you notice when you moved across
1: well um in the beginning i think, I think when you when i came and i remember like a couple of europeans joined joined the the team as well and i obviously followed mls for like two years or so so i knew that's gonna be a good league but in the beginning you're like man i'm the, you know i'm i'm the og from europe i'm gonna rock that but anyway, i was very, i was i was very surprised the the level was already really high individual level uh very athletic uh which which is i think the biggest difference to to europe um most of the games are really like back and forth. Um, and European football is obviously more tactically advanced. Um, I think that's still the biggest uh, difference. The MLS is, is getting better. Really, I think you, since I joined uh, the league, you see uh, more clubs are more uh, interested now in getting uh, good defenders, You know, taking more care about, uh defense i think in the beginning when you see most of the designated players they were all like strikers number tens yeah. or wingers yeah. so they were just like uh, let's go for it but now uh since the salary uh went up you know and you have more budget obviously with that budget you you're able to get uh good defenders and i think that transition is is getting better and better and i think soon in a couple of years we're talking about uh, a, a top top league
0: yeah, absolutely agree. And certainly, there's always new teams wanting to join the MLS, the league keeps expanding and the competition gets stronger and challenges get stiffer every single year. Um, but you obviously played in Germany a little bit before, a little bit, a lot before moving across to um, to, to San Jose. Um, tell me a little bit about your journey growing up and obviously... Being from Germany, I'm assuming you love football from a young age, but let me scratch that surface a little bit. What made you want to become a professional footballer? Obviously, there's a the love of the game, but was there something more to it as well as that?
1: Uh, uh, well, I think in the beginning it was just everyone, you know, every little boy in Germany, because football was basically the only big sports and everyone wanted to become a professional player. But even in my first years, I always wanted to become an actor, you know, when the oh, yeah? the dream yeah now I'm just a little acting on the field sometimes that's my only <laughs> thing but um yeah once I started playing obviously every little kid is like hey I want to become a pro but then you know when I made my first appearances for the national teams then you were like man this is this is serious you know and you you could really end up end up being a pro and uh, yeah, and then I think it's tough, especially when you're a teenager. I think that's the mm-hmm. hardest time where players get separated and making it or not, because obviously you're in a time where you want to hang out with your friends, going out for party, having experiences with girl whatsoever, you know. And I think it's tough when you when you can't go to these things and people don't understand because they were like, "Hey, that's the party of the year," and you were like, "No, I can't." and you know, i have a game tomorrow and everyone is looking it's like what is this weirdo talking what game i mean you can't miss the party you know and i think it's it's tough to to accept that and and i was happy getting like guidance from my dad because after a while i obviously tried doing both you know doing going out having fun and <laughs> still playing but obviously it didn't work out well and then I, I remember my dad just say, you know you got to pick a site you know it's fine you know get your get your degree have fun living a teenage life it's great but if you want to have a chance to pro you you got to be fully committed you know mm-hmm. and from that moment on i was straight as an arrow and just be like okay let, let's go for it and unfortunately it it worked out pretty well It absolutely has worked out really,
0: really well for you. And something you mentioned there in in your response was the word committed. And one of the, the questions I want to ask for you is what are the keys to elite performance or what are the keys to high performance? You know, you mentioned commitment. What else does it take, you know, to play at the top level of your game at the professional level?
1: Well, I think, yeah, like I said, it's a lot. I think you always say you win a war in preparation, you know, Mm -hmm. and I think preparation for play is key. And there are a lot of different things like recovery, nutrition, uh, video, watching videos Mm -hmm. about the upcoming uh, opponent, watching your own games, uh, doing extra extra sessions, you know, Mm -hmm. and I remember my old coach from the youth national team, he always told me because he was like, man, you have like the strongest will I've ever seen in this team, you know, but even though you're not the most talented player, the other teams were, uh, other players were far more talented than me, but he was like, you always have to do more than them, you know, to succeed. And then I think that was like marked deep in, in me, you know, and every time like I see Players playing players doing making stuff, I'm already thinking, what could I do different? what could I do more to to have a chance to either compete for a starting spot or if it's my opponent, like how can I beat them and yeah, yeah that is that was like my are uh, my keywords basically for. being prepared for a weekend and obviously preparing for a whole season because it's a lot of games
0: yeah it is it's a lot of games it's not only a commitment you know of time but it's a commitment of energy a commitment of discipline and of and of your of, of just of all your efforts really because you mentioned nutrition you mentioned the mindset you know you mentioned commitment you mentioned being ready for the every physical game as well as the high intensity of training um when we when we sort of get ready for that is that a part of the game that you enjoy you know the preparation side the recovery and getting ready for the next opponent
1: uh yeah you know uh it's it's something it has to has to develop i think i think when you're a young player you know you don't care you just want to go for training you don't do a lot of extra stuff because these are all things uh you have to learn by age you know and i think now i'm in, in a more advanced age so i know how important these things are but Obviously, when you start your career, you know, now you have like, you know, you have training at 10. uh, You were like, "Ah, I get up at nine, just eat quick and just go to training, no preparation. And, you know, now I would say you get up at seven, then you have time to prepare yourself for breakfast. You work before the training, do some Mm -hmm. gym or preparation, whatever you do the training after. Uh, maybe you hit the gym again, or do some recovery at home. You you watching videos. I think that's all things you you gotta learn, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it it comes comes with time. But I, I think if you find players who do that who do it in a young age, I think that's that's an absolute uh, uh rarity.
0: Do you think that that's made a difference in your career? the fact that you were able to sit back and do that and prepare, especially as you've got older, have you noticed it's made a significant difference to how you play and how you train and your overall performance level?
1: Yeah. I think my biggest key was my change of my diet Um, because I think nutrition is still um, compared to other sports, a pretty underestimated thing in soccer. Um, (laughs) It gets better, you know, but uh, at my time when I, when I got pro no one, basically cared what you what you were eating drinking or whatsoever and and I had no clue obviously and I was like okay I eat what they give me you know put me on a plate but I was like not like really good and healthy not every time eating healthy food but not the right food as well and I remember I was like 23 or something uh when I when I met a nutritionist first and unfortunately my wife that time my girlfriend uh she's really into she studied that as well Mm -hmm. so she helped me as well and then i yeah i took the advices you know trusted Mm -hmm. them and then i i changed a lot and then like after after i would say more than a half year so i was really into it and then i felt big differences you know my with my body i i was faster i was stronger i had less fat more muscles uh, my my endurance was way more advanced and then obviously when you see that results and you feel them you keep going and then you're still trying to improve uh the little things and then i think when i was like 24 25 i felt like you know now i'm really in in my on my peak when it comes to nutrition and that, that showed in my performance level
0: absolutely and even when you look at it now you know yourself maybe Andy Rose as well some of the older lads in the team the the experienced players you're able to pass that information on to some of the younger guys that are coming in and around the squad as well
1: yeah of course I think that's a big difference I think it's funny you mentioned Andy because at my time when we were younger and you know I was younger no one no one cared about me you know like the, the the vets they let me feel that i was a rookie you know Like <laughs> i remember, I had, to, I had to clean every day like 20 30 pairs of shoes you know they mm-hmm. threw them in dirt peed in the shoes sometimes just <laughs> let me feel you know there was a little useless piece of shit sorry for the words but <laughs> it was like that but now obviously it's a it's a different time you know and now you feel like you have a, a big portion of experience and obviously mm-hmm. uh you want to share that with uh with the, your teammates but especially with the young players you know mm-hmm. to give them guidance that, that they have a a good start in a career and don't have to wait till whatever that they're 25 26 to understand what they have to do to be on top mm-hmm. uh on the weekends because you in the end you benefit as well if every everyone is uh perfectly prepared for a game the chances to win is higher you know
0: absolutely and even with that you know um, even like this past weekend you had a young player beside you at centre-back because of injuries and stuff like that how how important is that for you to even help him during the game and talk him through a game and help him maybe with positioning as well as focusing on your own game
1: yeah it's important of course Um, especially when you have a game like you play at Seattle um, yeah. it, it's a tough game a uh, huge crowd so you know when you're younger, you don't have a lot of experiences to play in, in front of so many, so many fans. So you gotta talk, uh, you gotta push him, you gotta help him, and and I think in the end he did a, a very good game. You know, he did good things from the back, and but obviously you are aware that that you gotta help. I think with, with Thomas Hazal, he's a young keeper as well. Mm-hmm. I think it was the first time for him that he, he started in front of that crowd too. So it's it's always important giving these guys help during the game that that they gain confidence during a game that they use the momentum you always have momentum during a certain in a certain time of the game you know and then it's important that you try to try to use it and try to gain it and i think that's that's our job to to help these guys then absolutely agree
0: with you and a word you mentioned in your response is confidence what what breeds confidence or what gives you confidence not only in your own performance but what gives you confidence in the team and in, in, in how you're set up and your performance and your ability to go out and do your
1: job? Um, yeah, I would say it's, uh, in the end it's my, my preparation. Cause I know I'm, I'm prepared 100%. I know I did everything right during the week, you know? Mm-hmm. So I was like, there's no excuse, you know, but then also you, you believe in your skill set, you know, I think, uh, I've proven many times that I'm not the worst defender in MLS, you know? And, uh, that's why right. i'm i'm never overconfident about that or, or arrogant you know mm-hmm. but um obviously i know what i i have achieved and i know what i still can achieve and like i said when i'm perfectly prepared i'm always confident to to get the job done <laughs>
0: You're an incredibly passionate player as well. You know, whenever um, Austin were leading 1-0 at BC Place, you know, you were jesting to the crowd, you know, come on, make some noise, get up for it, you know, get behind the team. Have you always been a very passionate player, um, or is that something that's grown in your career with your confidence as well?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, I, always, I think I was always very passionate. I always mm-hmm. talked a lot, probably too much on the field, you know, <laughs> probably a couple guys that with me, but you know, I always want to yeah to to talk in a game to to push everyone you know, and then I would say I have a lot of energy and and in the end it's just just the love I have for the game, you know mm-hmm. i mean besides besides my family that's that's the best thing in the world, and you know i'm I don't know how many I have three hundred or something professional games, I don't know, but still I get up Saturday morning on game day I have goosebumps i'm excited i I could play at six in the morning and <laughs> And let's go for it. So and that hasn't changed in yeah, almost fifteen years of being a pro. And yeah, I just love the game. And that's I just love being out.
0: It's phenomenal to see that and that attitude and that, you know, feeling is infectious. You know, you're bound to be rubbing off on other players in the team. Guys, you're around young players maybe training with the first team squad that haven't quite maybe made that appearance yet you know you're bound to be rubbing off on those but one of the key things that we've talked about in this podcast is one of the keys to your success is preparation and um, so give me an example of what you would eat before a game
1: would you eat or drink anything at halftime um well you know i have a very uh, special diet so i think it's obviously it's everyone has an individual diet so i think that's not just one right way yeah. um for me uh i don't eat uh wheat products uh i don't eat any meat so it's obviously a, a different way for me but yeah um i think most important is uh, always like you said what you eat and when you eat so on a typical game day when we play in the evening i would have a breakfast like between nine and ten uh <laughs> usually eat, like uh yeah it's either rye or spelled bread, uh, mm-hmm. do some eggs, you know, and on every meal, I, I have a lot of vegetables. Yeah. Uh, lunch, I try to have a fair share between vegetables, carbs, and uh, protein source. So I usually eat them, um, tofu mm-hmm. on game day. Uh, yeah. And then, like, three hours before the game, it's it's probably the same then. just usually at home I, I cook just a big portion you know to have something for lunch and something uh, before the game and yeah I only drink water just just water and, and coffee uh, but no, I, I don't drink uh, yeah any juices or, or sodas or so just like really water tea and coffee and after a great win obviously a, a beer or wine sometimes <laughs> but yeah that's basically my yeah my nutrition and, and what I eat.
0: Just a beer and a wine sometimes after a victory. You know, it is it is October, so um, is. If, if if there is a victory here on Sunday night, will there be a little beverage or two after, considering the month that we're in and October Fest and everything that comes alongside that?
1: Yeah, but to be fair, October Fest would been already done. So because yeah. it's just the first week of October, and since we have uh, three games uh, during the week. It's tough, but hopefully when we beat San Jose in a week and finish that with a great week, then I think it's it's okay to have one beer and one wine maybe
0: (laughs) just maybe maybe we'll see how you feel um also we've talked about and you've mentioned in passing about your recovery as well what do do you find works best for you you know you've talked about going to the gym and that extra preparation and what about anything like massages or ice baths or heat therapy anything along those lines
1: a lot um we have a great massage therapist uh Mm -hmm at the training facilities, so I, I use him. Uh, I do a lot of contrast baths, you know, hot and cold tops, uh, mm. always switching. Uh, at home, I have these boots, recovery boots. I got st- I have the stim, you know, for some, yeah, when you get some electricity, you know, when you have some tweaking or something, which obviously gets more when you get a little older. <laughs> Unfortunately, can't deny that, but yeah, um, we ha- basically we have everything we have, and then it's just just your responsibility to just to use the sources you know and yeah i i always do it because like i said as you get older you you uh you know how important recovery is and you use it even more I mentioned it before when i was 20 and someone would tell me about hot tub i was like man nah, come on <laughs> let's go home and, and do something else but now oh i could i would pay rent for the hot tub you know or even the cold tub just being there.
0: It, it, it's so important, obviously, you know, to to your success is that recovery. And it's funny, you know, you mentioned back to when you were 20 and how you would potentially do things different if you knew then what you know now. And certainly a lot of our listeners, potential players who want to go pro, players who are wanting to, you know, enhance their abilities and learn by listening to this show. You know, you're given some valuable insight there about getting your recovery process started and making it consistent from such an early age. Um, something that's almost goes under the radar with playing in the mls as well you know you've played in germany Um, i'm from the uk so i know what it's like where our countries are a little bit just a little bit smaller than you know the, the the area that is covered in the mls with the us and canada you mentioned you have three games this week there's a lot of traveling involved you know the other week you ended up playing in vancouver then going down to down to Texas and then back to Vancouver. That's something else that has to be factored in, I'm sure, to not only your diet, but your recovery process as well. is the sheer amount of hours that you're traveling every week.
1: Yeah, obviously, that's a big factor. Um, I think you can't compare it with, with Europe, especially mm. when you have like cross country trips. I think I looked it up sometime, one time, and um, it would be the same if Bayern Munich were playing Qatar, uh, a league game. So it's it just uh, the traveling is insane uh since covid fortunately uh we we can fly charter but yeah bef- before covid um yeah you have to understand we flew cross country two days before i remember from san jose to new york we we are we left like 6 in the morning from the stadium drove an hour to san francisco airport waited at the gate you know uh then you 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 fly in a regular uh, plane you know have like a some sort of middle seat you know for almost six hours mm-hmm. and then you arrive in the hotel you have time difference three hours so you arrive in the hotel like 9 nine thirty in the night then you have like a little session you know just to to stretch the legs a bit and next day you're just tired and you have one day actually to yeah, to get ready uh, for the game and to adjust to the, the circumstances. And yeah, it's brutal. It's brutal, I think, from from that perspective. For me, that's why I said, like, for me, MLS is the most physical league and most hardest league in the world because you have the traveling, you have this crazy weather in some uh, areas like Houston or you have altitude, like... In Colorado, Salt Lake City. So where in the world, in which, what league do you have that, you know, maybe Mexico, you have some tough places as well, but like you can't compare that to Europe.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the physical demands in the MLS are so radically different to anywhere you know else, probably on the planet, in terms of overall yeah. thing. You know, you could like like you just mentioned, you give examples there. You could go to Montreal and play. You know, at the start of the season, it could be absolutely freezing and snowing, and then you could be then your next home game, as you mentioned, is down in Texas, or it could be you know yeah. over in California, and it's just so radically different every time, and it's another challenge that players have to face. And um, something that's unique with the MLS as well. Um, is there's so many clubs and so many teams as well and so many different styles of play. Um, if I was your coach and I said, I want to get the best out of flow, what qualities or what would I need to do to get the best out of you?
1: Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. Um, yeah, I would say my, my two biggest strengths is my possession in game or mm-hmm. my ability to read the game and my, my build out. So mm-hmm. that's why put me on a central position like that helps i think like left or right fullback uh with my lack of speed <laughs> and uh, not the ability to break lines and build out i think uh you wouldn't have a lot of fun with me you know mm-hmm. but yeah like the like now it's good you know playing playing in the back half left half right is fine you know i feel have a little more freedom to to drive the ball you know and then mm-hmm. find some some pockets or some diagonals so it's a lot of fun being being in that spot. But also I, I love to play in midfield, you know. Uh I still think it's my my best position, you know. Um but it's totally fine.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I I, I think you've been integral to the success of Vancouver since you've signed, you know, when having seen you play very often, you know, since you've signed, you've become such an important part of of the team here in Vancouver. And it's great to see that. Something that's unique to, to your journey as well. And if we look back to where your journey started from and where it is now, um, football's constantly changing. And I think maybe in the last 15 to 20 years, we've seen a Probably a stronger or quicker evolution in football than maybe we've ever seen in the game. You know, goalkeepers are now expected to be able to pass the ball like sentiment midfielders. Centre backs are be able to are expected to be able to play a ball. You know, again, like like a playmaker. It's it's incredible. Have you noticed many changes throughout your career in terms of how the game is played and the changing of the game?
1: Yeah, I would say mostly it's the the speed. I remember I've sometimes you know uh, you. You find some old games from seven, eight years ago, and I'm watching it. And I'm like, "What is going on there? It looks like 22 drunks are playing, you know, because it's <laughs> so, so slow, you know." And I'm like, "Wow, it, it feels real." So you you definitely see uh, the athleticism and and the speed in general on the field is way higher. Like you mentioned, uh, the demand on every position gets higher and higher. Like like you said, as a center back, man, you gotta be like a playmaker. You you need to have a good a good buildup as a goalkeeper, you need to be in the game, play with your foot good. So everyone is, is expecting that from you. And I think just the, the competition gets better and better. More players, more young players are coming. So it's yeah, it's a tough job, you know, to to keep and obviously you gotta keep going with the time
0: absolutely it's constant changing it's the evolution of the game and it's it's being able to adapt to those changes while obviously doing your job and staying consistent uh, and one of the topics I want to touch on is the match fit I call it the match fit mindset talk to me about the importance of, of having a strong mindset and having that mentality that just maybe that strong mentality that you know and you're not going to get discouraged or if, if, if something happens you're not going to drop the head how important is mentality to a professional player
1: I think it's the most important part um, I think it's also something you got to learn with time and it also comes with uh, experience and but I think your mind can change everything. Um, you cannot be the best talent but if you don't have the right mindset or if you lose your mind during the game or during a week you're out and other way around maybe you're not the most talented player and you have the big mentality and everything you can go way way far or you, know, you can be really far in your career and I always felt like my mentality always helped me and my will to win games and either when I, I didn't play sometimes I never accepted it you know I worked more did more or now even during a game you know I would say I'm a master of trash talk I love to trash talk all the games you know I, I love to go in the mind of my opponents and say something to them that they they lose their their calmness their composure and everything so it's it's a crucial part of the game and nothing to underestimate
0: it absolutely is and i feel like that mindset controls everything you know you talked about your preparation your diet you know going to the gym to work out beforehand to stretch i think that all comes from the mindset and if your mindset's wrong you're likely going to be all wrong all over the place you know it's just a personal opinion i could be wrong in that that's just how i think um in terms of challenges in your career what's the biggest challenge that you've faced um, as a player and how did you overcome that
1: mm, I think it's always oh, it's tough there are many challenges but I think it's like something when the coach doesn't want you or not I was I don't want to say it doesn't like you because in the end it's not about feelings about business but there are moments in your career where the coach doesn't need you you know, in the starting lineup where you're not even a guy who's, who's coming on, especially as a defender, you know, it's, it's different because you don't change so many defenders during a game. So you don't have a lot of chances. And I think still, you know, being hungry and uh having the will to change that is, is the hardest part because in the end of the day, it would be much easier to give up and be like, oh, this coach doesn't like me. He's an idiot. He doesn't know anything. And obviously everyone had a point in his career where he thought like that me included out of question but at the end of the day it it doesn't help you you know and doesn't bring you further because you the only guy who can change it is you and you gotta convince the coach you know that he's made he made a terrible decision you know and he you should be the guy Mm -hmm. and you know and i i think that's that's like i felt always like it's like a story of my career because Mm -hmm. i always had I, i felt like in 14 years maybe in like two years or three years of my whole career I was really where coach was like yeah this is my starter no matter what so I was always like in the beginning of the uh, season not playing or maybe just barely playing but in the end of the season if you look at my stats I think in every year I ended up at 25 plus games and in the end of the year I played all the time Uh, and I always felt that that was my my strength to have the mentality to never give up and overcome this, this moment, you know, it brings me
0: nicely onto the next topic. You mentioned never giving up and almost proving the coach wrong. You know, if, if you weren't a starter by the end of the season, you were going to be a starter. And it brings me onto what I like to call motivation, you know, if I said what motivates you or what gets you going, gets you excited and says, Right, let's go, we're going to war today, lads. It's us our eleven against this eleven and we're going into war and we're all fighting for each other. In terms of motivating factors, is is the fact that maybe a coach doesn't see you as a starter at the beginning of a season, is that the motivating factor for you by the end of the season, you're you're the first name in the team sheet? Um
1: Nah, I don't know if that's the motivating factor because it's obviously an exhausting thing, you know. Yeah. Because when you're like, man, again, or I'm not playing. And, yeah. you know, because you have the passion. But in the end of the day, everyone wants to play. And then, like you mentioned, you wake up Saturday morning on game day and you're like, man, let's go. And then two seconds later, you were like, no, you're not going to play. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could tell you it doesn't matter if you play or not because you're part of the team, blah, blah, blah. But that's bullshit. In the end of the day, you want to play. And if yeah. you don't play, you don't feel the same. That's, that's just a matter of fact. You can still, of course then it's the biggest difference. Are you still on game day being a a team player or not? You know, being there Mm -hmm. for the team, helping in every way you can, even though you don't play or just come on. That's another story. But in the end of the day, the biggest motivation is waking up Sunday Saturday morning and be like, yes, I'm going to play tonight. I can play in in front of a nice crowd and I can, besides my family, doing the things I love the most. And this Mm -hmm. is just, playing and yeah trying to win a game with game with all costs
0: absolutely agree with that and even as a center back as well how important is a clean sheet is a shutout for you as, as a
1: defender uh I think it's individually you know I, yeah. I gotta be honest for me it was never like a, a big thing mm-hmm. you know because obviously you're happy when you have a clean sheet but for me it was like when we won the game I was happy yeah. I, I I didn't mind if it was a 4-3 or whatever you know but some obviously i think for goalies it's different they mm-hmm. obviously go for a clean sheet and it's mental mental mentally a, a big thing mm-hmm. but i in general i would say it's it's individually some some teams they like let go for the clean sheet and then you lead 4-0 and then you know like against rsl i remember the guys got crazy when we conceded the goal i was like guys chill out It's 4-1 we won the game we had a hell of a game it's, mm-hmm. it's fine you know mm-hmm. but yeah that's that's just my opinion. So,
0: at the end of the day, a win's a win, right? And obviously, if you keep yeah. cl- if you keep a clean sheet, brilliant, and you aim to do that. But at the end of the day, it's about winning the game of football and three points and moving up on the table. Or if it's a cup game yeah. into into the next round, I don't care. Uh, the team I support, that's, I just want to be in the next round. <laughs> I don't care how we
1: get yes, there. Yes, that, that's. It.
0: Um, as as we begin to wrap up, and I don't want to keep you literally all day, but um, do you have any rituals or superstitions or routines? That you would do pre-game post-game something that that you feel keeps you in the groove
1: um well not nothing crazy mm-hmm. uh got yeah, i gotta say I always when we're in the locker i always uh, watch some stupid tv shows or something to be like <laughs> really, now now watching on my phone bill cosby show which is not a stupid show great show uh I don't know, I remember I watched it like 15 years ago and then I found it. And now since I'm here, I'm always watching that. Before I watched a stupid German TV show, like I watched it as a kid. So it, it's like, you know, it's called X Factor. It's like, it's about stupid horror stories. And then they ask you in the end, is it a true or a false story? It's all false stories, but then just some stupid things. But basically I just try something, you know, to to calm me down distract me a little bit you know because obviously there's a lot of tension uh when you go in a building when you're in the locker so I always try to be try to be calm before I go out to warm up and yeah after the game I I don't have special special rituals or or anything nothing nothing crazy I would say
0: I mean, it's probably totally different for you as a player that it is for me. When I when I come to watch you play, you know, sometimes I feel like you're in the stadium forever before the game gets underway. And I can only and I you're excited and you're waiting, you're like, big game, can't wait. The nerves are up and stuff like that. I can only imagine what that's like as a player. So obviously that calming, you know, whether it be a comedy, whether it be something funny or silly, just to help relax you and take your mind away from maybe the the seriousness of the game. Because as soon as the whistle goes, seriousness comes.
1: Yes. Uh, true yeah like you said it's everyone has his own way you know mm. to to calm himself down you know most I think most of the guys still listening to music or watch yeah also watch some tv or or whatever you know mm. but like I said there's no no one way everyone has its his way to to calm himself down you know mm. after the game as well right? I remember when we lost the game and some guys, they took their phone out, you know, and they played games. And some guys, they got crazy. They're like, man, we lost the game. And, you know, how can you be like that? But I'm like, you know, if that's your way to calm yourself down, that's fine with me. You know, uh, like I get always crazy after a game when we lose. I love to smash things around and destroy something, you know. But that's obviously not not the way I recommend to everyone. Uh, but, yeah, like I said, everyone has his has this way and it it must help him to have a clear mind uh when, once once kickoff starts and mm. that's all yeah absolutely and one of the
0: things that i like to ask every
1: every single professional that you know we
0: do the show with we do have a lot of young people listening who have aspirations to become a professional footballer if you could give one piece of advice to a young person or a young player who wants to go pro who wants to make it at the elite level what piece of advice would you give them um
1: yeah I think most important is time management. You know, I think it it helps if you write yourself a schedule. You know, um, what do you do during the week? When you have team training? When you have school? You know, and then you have to find gaps where you do extra work. Because if you do the same as anyone else, you don't become pro. Mm-hmm. Like you. So oh sorry, <laughs> table just broke. Sorry. <laughs> uh, um, so yeah, like I mentioned, I think you need to have extra sessions, extra work, and and you have to find these these times. And you can't just be like, oh, I do it Tuesday, Wednesday, but then some appointments come up, or you have to study for tests or whatsoever. So I think uh, a schedule helps. And then, like I said, from the mindset wise, I'm like, look at the guy who is working the most in your team or around, and then do always more than he does
0: so almost you copy that meant like in indirectly even meant use that person as a mentor you know you see someone the hardest worker in the room go i'm going to give one percent ten percent more than him
1: to get to where i'm going yeah i think i think that's that would be a good start
0: well i want to thank you obviously for your time today you know you have come in from training it has been like you know a monsoon of rain today it's been a horrible day here where we are and where where can people connect with you on social media if they want to continue to follow your journey where where can they follow find you
1: um yeah mostly i'm on instagram so uh if you want to follow me guys that always helps Uh, i try to answer answer messages obviously sometimes i have a lot of messages and can't answer them all but um i surely try give my best or send a comment under a post of mine and i send a, a stupid or funny comment back whatever you like to have um but yeah that's, that's it
0: well guys everyone who's listened to this show i encourage you to look at look florian up on instagram give him a follow engage with him like his post, see what's happening, see what's going on for the rest of the season for the Whitecaps as well. It's going to be a really good, really big end of season. Every game feels like a cup final at the minute. So it's really good. Encourage you to get watching, get listening, get connecting with Florian as well. Obviously, I wish you the best of luck this weekend. Hopefully, um, being in the stadium, I get to see you there. Maybe score a cheeky goal for me, something like that. We'll see what happens. We'll we'll, we'll see what happens. But, But thank you so much for your time today, Florian. I really do appreciate it.
1: Sure, man.